Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at NomcastPod.com. All right, big week for Netflix original movies this week. On Friday, they will kick off the Fear Street trilogy with the first installment, Fear Street Part 1, 1994. We will have our review and an interview with one of the stars of that film coming up next week, so be sure to come back to us for that. But before all the Fear Street hoopla, Netflix has a brand new animated film, America the Motion Picture, that drops today just in time for your 4th of July weekend viewing. Now before we get to the review of the film, I wanted to put the timing of this film in perspective. Not the fact that it's a tongue-in-cheek, silly version of American history put out around the anniversary of our independence here in the States, even though that's true, but also the timing of the conversation around Netflix and the movie as it comes onto the platform. What do I mean? Well, two articles came out this past week that characterizes Netflix in a certain way that I'll get to in a moment And maybe that characterization doesn't truly jive with dropping a more vulgar and profane animated project on a holiday that celebrates the history it's playing with. The first of those articles I read was the Kenya Barris story. For those not familiar, I suggest checking out the IndieWire article on that about how he backed out of his development deal with Netflix. Uh, For those who don't know, Kenya Barris is the creator of Blackish for ABC and all those spinoffs. He's also the writer of Girls Trip, and he was the creator and lead actor for the Netflix show Hashtag Black AF, which only lasted one season. And part of Barris's explanation for leaving Netflix was that he said that the stuff he wanted to do was a little more edgy, a little more highbrow, a little more heady, and he thinks that Netflix wanted something more down the middle and then compared them to CBS. And without getting into whether I think Barris is right or wrong in this thinking exactly, because he's entitled to think whatever he likes and move deals wherever he likes, but I did find the optic to be very interesting that America the Motion Picture is kind of what he said he wanted to do. I mean, it's a comedy that takes jabs at the thought of freedom for all when slavery and a patriarchal society was still a major fabric of life. It also acknowledges the treatment of Native Americans and how we handle war to an extent, all in this edgy but buffoonish sort of way. So even though it's not exactly Barris's style, but it does seem odd that Netflix would take a risk on something like this 
and not something from Barris because they wanted to play it safe, especially after they gave him a huge sum of money to try to recreate some of that magic that he's already done for Netflix. I find that to be slightly at odds. But the perception that Netflix is actively becoming more family-friendly, safe, or down the middle is not just Barris, uh, because the other article I'm going to reference today is uh, one that I read from journalist Josh Shepard, uh, which was on whatsonnetflix.com, um, that tries to make the case that America the Motion Picture is poised to do damage to Netflix's brand relationship with their subscribers who have kids at home or are grandparents, etc., and that this is partly due to the increase of family-friendly content by Netflix and animated kids program from Netflix as well. Now, do I ascribe to this premise? Absolutely not. <laughs> My own parenting experience with young kids in the streaming era and enough seasons of Big Mouth being available at this very moment tell me that this is not a very compelling argument. Also, every other streamer has some version of this type of range in animation, and Netflix is no different. But I do wonder if the perspective of Netflix as a more family-friendly place that's trying to close the gap on, say, Disney+, Plus, uh, is making them look at Netflix funny when they do take a more edgier risk, and maybe the business model of trying to be the streamer for everyone will take its toll at some point. Uh, maybe Netflix should offer a Netflix Junior app to make a more Disney-esque version, or a Netflix family, or something like that, uh, you know, to make something to appease these type of people. Or maybe, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because guess what? They are the biggest thing. And a lot of times when you're the biggest person, you're trying to satisfy such a large group of subscribers, you might look like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. It happens. It happens to all the biggest people. And in fact, obviously CBS um, you know, is one of those examples. And obviously that's why it's come up in these discussions, but it may seem like this movie, America the Motion Picture, seems to run counter to some of these potentially growing feelings about Netflix's current approach. But here's what I hope you all really want to know. Is this movie any good? Because to me, that's what I really want to get to, as it was easily one of my most anticipated animated films of the year, and one of my most anticipated Netflix originals for 2021 as well. So to me, I, I think a lot of this is just posturing, but I, I know a lot of people out there might be thinking, you know, is this over the top? Is this too much? Is this part of the Netflix brand? Is there such a thing as that? I mean, there are certain things that make Netflix Netflix, but right now, I really wanted to watch this movie. I'm a Netflix podcaster. I'm a Netflix subscriber. I'm a person who has young kids and they watch a ton of cartoons and they will never see this movie <laughs> or not anytime soon because it is crazy uh, and plays with history that they haven't even been taught yet. So um, I would say let's just focus on the film because that's exactly what I'm going to do when we come back after this break. I'll lay out why I was so excited for this movie when we previewed it uh, a few months back and if it held up 
to my higher than most expectations. Stick around. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available Available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, so let's talk about America the Motion Picture, because like I said before the break, this was one of my most anticipated titles of 2021 for Netflix, and it goes without saying, like if, if you know animation, if you're around my age... Everything about this movie in terms of the the collection of talent that they have for this film, I don't see how you can't be excited if you like their previous work. I mean, it's produced by Lord and Miller, uh, who, you know, they are the brains behind everything that you probably liked in the last, oh, 10 years of Sony animation um, including Netflix just had the big success of the Mitchells versus the machines, which, uh, you know, is a Lord and Miller production and something that they acquired from Sony, uh, in the pandemic. But I mean, they've been doing stuff forever. I mean, the Lego movie, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and even live action stuff like 21 Jump Street. These guys are hilarious. The, the animation has always been top notch. Uh, and, and this one, I mean, it, it doesn't scream their animation per se it actually leans towards someone who i'll mention in a minute um but the animation is still top notch because they have so many other people here involved and and the person i i didn't mention was matt thompson uh who is the director of this film and the animation leans toward a little more towards his style than it does say lord miller um because he was the creator of C-Lab 2021 and Frisky Dingo for Adult Swim. He was the executive producer for Archer. So you can kind of see in some of the animation style that that's more what, you know, we're, we're looking at versus, say, uh, you know, some of the other uh, Lord of Miller stuff that we've, we've seen over the years. And, you know, and listen, Netflix is committing to this. I mean, much to the chagrin of Josh Shepard, uh, who we mentioned up top, uh, you know, who's afraid that this is not going to be uh, good for Netflix. Well, guess what? Netflix is doubling down on that, um, building on the backs of things like Big Mouth and the Titmouse Animation Studio. Um, they, they went and they took this film to the 2021 
Anesty Festival in France. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, they previewed this film there, and they brought Mike Moon, their head of uh, a whole department, Netflix Adult Animation, and they said they have a bunch of stuff in the pipeline, stop-motion animated uh, dark comedies, spinoffs, probably two big mouth, things like that, that they were all putting out there. And obviously this movie as well. And this is the first adult animated Netflix original movie. So if there's making a whole department out of it, buckle up because they, they go full tilt on this one. Um, and you know, like I said, they assembled a great team, uh, in terms of the production crew, um, to create this film, but oh boy, did they go in an amazing direction in terms of who writes the words that these people are going to say, who's writing the script here, and the people who are going to be bringing these characters to life. And let's start with Dave Callahan, who's the the writer on this. Uh, he has previous experience with uh, being the writer of The Expendables, Zombieland Double Tap, um, as some lesser stuff that I maybe didn't love the writing as much with Wonder Woman 1984 or the, the most recent Mortal Kombat release. Uh, but he people believe in this guy, and so does Lord and Miller because he's also the writer behind the upcoming Into the Spider-Verse 2 for Lord and Miller. And you know Marvel tapped him to do Shang-Chi uh, and The Legend of the Ten Rings. So he's a highly sought-after writer, uh, with a history of pretty solid scripts. So, man, I, like I said, I couldn't be more excited going into it. And then you get into the voice actors. You have <laughs> Channing Tatum playing George Washington here. Uh, you know, he, of course, was in 21 Jump Street, another Lord and Miller product. Uh, so it's not shocking that he's here uh, in the lead role. Will Forte. Uh, one of multiple SNL people here uh, plays Abraham Lincoln, Andy Samberg, uh, the SNL Brooklyn Nine-Nine star, Palm Springs, Lonely Island, uh, plays Benedict Arnold, who's the main villain in this. Uh, and and you got Simon Pegg, who's King James, right along uh, Benedict Arnold here uh, with the on, the on the villain side, <laughs> providing some... Uh, we'll get into it in a minute, but there is so many references in this movie, including uh, big franchise IP, and, and King James is definitely a part of that alongside uh, Benedict Arnold. So um, we'll get into that in a bit, but it, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, and the super standout here, and I'll elaborate more on that later too, is Jason Manzoukas as Sam Adams. He is the breakout. Anytime he's on... I. You know, because I love Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, I love the League, um, and man, he is some of the funniest stuff on that. He's always high energy, uh, and he, you know, knows Lord of Miller stuff too. He was in Lego Batman movie as Scarecrow, and he's done voice work. He's on Invincible right now for Amazon Prime. So this guy kills it every single time. I love him so much in this movie. Uh, like I said, he plays Sam Adams, the, uh, the beer loving bro to, uh, George Washington's chainsaw wielding leadership. Uh, so you'll, you'll understand more as I explain, uh, how the movie kind of goes along, but man, he is the best part of this movie. You also have killer Mike here playing a blacksmith. Uh, he, uh, the rapper from run the jewels, um, and obviously is on solo work or stuff with Outcast and things like that. 
uh, amazing stuff there. Bobby Moynihan as Paul Revere, um, who, if you see in the trailer, has a RoboCop head at, at one point, uh, is amazing. Uh, Judy Greer as Martha Dandridge. Uh, she, of course, is in Halloween Kills that's coming up. She was an Ant-Man. She was a voice on Archer. So, again, uh, the tie-in to Matt Thompson here. Uh, Olivia Munn plays Thomas Edison. Yes, you heard me right. <laughs> Olivia Munn from Attack of the Show, Daily Show, X-Men Apocalypse. Yep, she plays Thomas Edison and is all bringing the science part of this, uh, trying to update uh, the story in that way. And man, yeah, this, as you can tell by a lot of the things I just mentioned, this is not taken seriously in terms of the riff on the American Revolution. Uh, it is definitely, uh, you know, trying to take the American story to task as well as just just having fun with it. You know, it, it's it's definitely something that you know it, it, it fits. It it definitely feels very much like a Ward and Miller movie. It feels like the Lego Movie humor, to be honest. Uh, especially with taking you know, famous characters and figures and playing with their stereotypes and mythos and, and really kind of putting, you know, to be honest, like kind of a lot of, uh, you know, da bro humor, dad humor, all kinds of things, um, just buffoonery <laughs> in here um, and some just outlandish stuff all the time. Um, you know, a lot, a tons of sight gags here. Um, and, and I'll go over some of these things, but man, I don't know if they actually probably wanted to go more for the jugular and Netflix pulled it back towards the middle, but man, uh, they let them do quite a bit, including there is, you know, animated nudity and sex and other things here that you'd be like, wait, what? Uh, from if you're if you're Josh Shepard, you know, put your hands over your ears, buddy, because uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of issues um, with some of the stuff. If you think this blurs the line between something that Netflix is trying to focus, like Coco Melon being in the top ten every single week, you know, focusing on you know baby talk or whatever, um, yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna pair up. This is not Wish Dragon. This is not. You know, even this is not Mitchell's versus the machines, but, you know, it is very, very referential um, between the American history stuff and pop culture and everything else that and one of my favorites, um, there's a Lorenzo Lamas renegade joke. So that makes me a feel stupid old, but also made me laugh so hard uh, when it came up because um, they use it with Geronimo and it's amazing. Um but, you know, they even go hardcore with the, like, song drop stuff. A lot of Run the Jewels songs here. Uh, they use the uh, Axel F from uh, Beverly Hills Cop in kind of like almost like a fife and drum version of it at one point. Um, so many nods to to Star Wars uh, and, and Avengers and Lord of the Rings and Mad Max Fury Road. And, man, there it, there is a lot to like here. And... And like I said up top, too, it keeps the whole story of the American Revolution on point to what they are jabbing at, um, you know, uh, you know, between talking, you know, about, you know, basically, uh, to put it bluntly, fucking over Native Americans, people of color, women, uh, you know. There's so many things they do, but then they also get lampoonish uh, with, you know, Benedict Arnold as a werewolf or, you know, uh, John Wilkes merch booth at <laughs> at, a, at, a, at the show that Lincoln, the play that Lincoln sees. Like, stuff like that 
is is a, it's a lot of fun in that way and you know at a 90 to 95 minute runtime this movie doesn't waste your time so even if you're like eh it wasn't the greatest thing i've ever seen it definitely books it moves fast it does not waste any time there's a bunch of action but there's a i i never felt bored at any point because this movie just moved and moved and moved and had so many jokes um that you know you just couldn't couldn't keep up you know are there are there detractions sure there's a lot of jokes that are super on the nose dad jokes um you know they they do a lot of jokes where they're kind of picking and choosing what has or hasn't been invented yet in in the time of what's going on here because they play a lot with you know what's available what's not available and make the jokes off of it are are a little lame at times i will admit that but like i said there are so many jokes that you're gonna come back from this movie going Oh, I remember this. Oh, I remember this. Like when when I was writing my notes after I watched the film, I was like, "Oh, right, this joke. Oh, right, this joke. Oh, right, this joke." And I kept kind of doing it and it just it adds up and adds up. And as I said too, you know, you got the Archer style animation, you know, or uh, a little more slick, a little more cinematic than that, but definitely uh leaning more towards that than than some of the other uh products that Lord and Miller has, have done. And bottom line, guys, this was a movie that I was super psyched for, that I was really into, uh, you know, everything that the people have that, that uh, worked on it had done previously. And I will say, bottom line, I was not disappointed, but I wasn't, I, I'm not like over the moon like I thought I was going to be. Um, and I think because, again, some of the jokes are just just not elite level all the time and bottom line this movie is very funny this movie is super funny i think and i think people who are not me who are just walking in being like they just want to see you know the, the the riffs on this and just laugh and laugh and laugh you're gonna get it you're gonna get so much of it and the like i said so many references you're always gonna be like oh that's pretty cool oh that's sight gag oh that thing and i think for myself i'll say like the more this movie ages in my mind. I think it's going to get better and better because I'm going to go, ah, that thing, ah, that thing. And it, like I said, uh, and it's so short, you could run this back like many times and you're never going to get bored. Like I watched it twice and I watched it twice back to back uh, because I was trying to prepare for this and it didn't fall flat. And in fact, it felt like it went faster the second time and, and in, a, in a positive way. So it's it's amazing how well put together this is, um, how many jokes there truly are. The voice work is so good, especially something like Simon Pegg, who literally has to dial up kind of being the, the Star Wars emperor at times, playing King James um, in, in terms of the tone is, is hilarious. So, you know, I definitely recommend this movie. I, I think... Um, you know, having characters like Killer Mike's Blacksmith and Geronimo here and things like that were so necessary. And, and Thomas Edison as being like a, a Chinese woman um, is is also very interesting um, and, and kind of needed to be here because one of the things I was kind of like bracing for is like one of those moments where I'm going to feel like, 
ah, did they go too far? Ah, am, am, I, am I a jerk for, for liking this or, or, or laughing at this? And there wasn't much about that because this movie is very self-effacing. It, it's very, uh, you know, it, it looks at the history honestly and, and takes itself to task, especially the end, the way it kind of pans out, you know, it definitely just kind of devolves into, you know, uh, how America maybe kind of is after the revolution or, or where we are today. And it, it really does take a lot of things to task. So if, if you're into, you know, uh, political humor, probably slanting, obviously more, you know, to the left than, than obviously to the right, maybe. Um, and then, you know, really don't mind, you know, taking to task all the all the things that we've done over the years including you know uh, the way we treat war or, or women or people of color or any of those things you know while also just being a super super you know pop culture nerd and movie nerd and and all these things like you'll you'll love sections if not the whole movie and, and i so to me this is like a i'm somewhere caught in between like if Letterboxd had a 3.75, I'd probably be like right there. I'm I'm leaning somewhere probably closer to four than I am three and a half, and I'm stuck right in that area. But I'm telling you, I think the way this is gonna live in my mind, I think it's only gonna get funnier and funnier. And like I said, Manzukis as Sam Adams is the funniest uh thing in the whole film because he's just on eleven the whole freaking time. So all that is great. Uh, and, and the Star Wars stuff is great, and yeah, it just, it's, it's very appealing, the, the war stuff is great, all the action stuff is great, so, yeah, man, I, I definitely recommend this one, especially the right time of year for it, so buckle up and watch this and prepare for Netflix to come out with a lot more of these things and making, you know, the, the commentary that they're not getting edgy, uh, seem pretty silly going forward, so, I don't know what happened with Kenny Barris, um, but it seems like maybe the CBS comp is not going to be there because they're clearly going for, uh, you know, HBO Max's Adult Swim competition and the fact that they have South Park and all that stuff. And they're not taking any category that they are not in the game with uh, lying down. They are going to try to be the best at everything and this is their first big foray for adult animation and, and you know in terms of uh full-length movies and it's a good one man so i, I hope they do more and i hope they do more with lord miller because god damn are they so good um so yeah like i said guys watch this watch it over the weekend check it out let me know on the social media how you guys feel about it you know, any of my regular guests, please, please let me know. Cause I had to do this one solo this week. Ah, I wanted to talk to, to, to my guys so bad, but I had to put this together, uh, you know, with the holiday week coming and everything else. And so many interviews for you guys coming up, we're going to have, you know, we got fear street, all three of those movies coming back to back to back weeks. We got, um, gunpowder milkshake, uh, working on stuff for that. Um, so July is going to be very, very busy. So if this is any indication how we're going to kick off uh, some more of this summer stuff, because it's been a little slow, a little slow with Netflix outside of maybe like Army of the Dead or something. So, you know, let's see. Let's hope for the best. But this is a great start. 
Enjoy your holiday weekend if you live here in the States, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you.